What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Slice of TV, where we slice into your favorite TV shows. Today, we're talking about the Disney Plus Star Wars show, Andor. Joining me today is our resident Star Wars expert, Andrew Schoening. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back. It has been so, it feels like forever. Because the last time we, we sat down and talked to each other, we were talking about the last Star Wars show, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And um, this, to be honest, before we even get into all this stuff, like this was a show I didn't even think I was going to cover. Because I remember when they announced this, and I was like, I feel this is not going to be fun. Because I know what happens with this character. Of course, it's a prequel. This is a prequel mm -hmm. show. to uh, it's, It all connects to Rogue One. Because it's a character from Rogue One. And we all know what happens at the end of that movie. At least right. if you've seen it. And uh, yeah, it just wasn't, he wasn't a character I was super intrigued to kind of get to know it, or care about. But Tony Gilroy, the, uh, the creator of the show and the executive producer, he created a very compelling story that made me give a shit. Damn you, Tony. Damn, <laughs> Damn you, Tony. <laughs> but in the beginning here, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the show, spoiler free. And then once we've run out of things to talk about spoiler free, we'll jump into all the spoilers. We're not going to do episode by episode. Well, we'll kind of do episode episode by episode, but it's going to be very we'll we'll go through, talk about what we didn't like, what we liked and all that fun stuff. And uh, we don't we gotta make sure we don't run a two hour, two and a half hour show like we did with Kenobi, even though people still enjoyed it. So can't I can't complain too much. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here. A lot of things I have questions on and, and just the, you know, definitely want to hear what you thought of the show. Uh, but before we get into all that, this was, of course, created by Tony Gilroy, who was an executive producer and a co-writer for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So it was a good person to bring into the fold. Uh, he knew he helped create the character, you know, and uh, create this world around him uh, before the events of Rogue One. Uh, Diego Luna coming back as Cassian Andor. We had Kyle Soler, who I can't remember what his character's name was. He was the he was like that officer who was, a, was super like into his job. Yeah, uh, Karn. Karn was his name. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, or was his last name? I don't mm -hmm. know his first name. There's so many people in the show. I could not remember everybody's names. Uh, Adria Arjona Torres. She played Bix. Is it was it Bix? Bix, yep, yeah, B I X. I like her character. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, he's probably one of my favorites of the show. Yeah, I like him just in general. So, yeah, I mean, he's a Skarsgård. He's everything he's in is fantastic. He plays Luthen. You have Fiona Shaw, who, for anyone out there who doesn't know who Fiona Shaw is, she played Opportunia in the Harry Potter franchise. That's probably where she's probably most well-known. She was also, if you guys have been listening to Dissect That Film, she was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. So, there you go. Uh, you had Denise Go as Deidre. You have Genevieve O'Reilly, who returns from Rogue One to play Mon Mothra. Who, or Mon Mothma, sorry. Uh, Faye Marseille as Vel. Verada uh, Sethu as Sinta and Elizabeth Dula as Clea. I don't, who was that? Oh, that was the assistant to Luthen. 
And then there's there's a lot of other side characters. I ain't going through it. Oh, we do have to mention uh, Forrest Whitaker comes back for a couple episodes as Saw Gerrera. And Andy mm-hmm. Circus is in the show. And, you can, and if Andy Circus is in a show, you have to mention him <laughs> at some point. And probably we were, we were going to anyways when we got to the episodes that he shows up in. But Shoning, I've done a lot of talking and I haven't heard you yet because I'm rude. Uh, what? <laughs> one thank you for for coming back it's always a pleasure you're so welcome it's you know when we we, anytime we're going to talk about something star wars you know you're always the man that i contact uh to talk about it what are your thoughts you me like your resident space guru yeah you're the space space man you're the anything that have to do with space doesn't have to be star wars like you were on to cover halo with us and then i got static arbiter for marvel (laughs) there you go there we go hey you got to you got to start somewhere, right? I know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy who likes these things. Come <laughs> on the show. Um, but uh talk to me a little bit non spoilers of course. Um your thoughts on Andor. Like what were your thoughts when you first heard about the show and then kind of go into your thoughts after seeing the entire series. So, when I heard about this show, I was kind of I felt the same way as you. I I mean like uh, I felt like Cassie Nandor was a really good character in, in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I, I felt like he was good, but I was like, man, does he really warrant like a like a multi-episode TV series? And then they announced that, you know, this this series was going to be, you know, more than the, the typical Disney Plus, you know, thing. They were going to run a full 12 episodes, and I was like, ugh. You yeah. sure, man? Yeah, 12 episodes. Like, this is longer than most other series on Disney Plus, period. Like, usually it's eight to nine episodes between Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they took this series, which I think a lot of people kind of before going in were kind of in that same mindset of, like, 12 episodes. Like, 12 episodes? Yeah, even Obi-Wan doing? What? Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't get 12 episodes, oh. and that's the one everybody wanted to see. I mean, Mandalorians like, didn't. Yeah. I know that both seasons of The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett. None, this is the first one. And at first, it, actually, when this came out, they were talking about like 18 episodes for a season. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> hold hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, I was, I was honestly just a little kind of turned off by it because I was like, I was like, man, I understand, you know his importance now that I've watched Rogue One, you know, I it, I understood his importance, but I was like, does he really have just that much of a backstory that we need to spend, you know, 12 episodes in? And so when it when it when the first episodes came out, I mean, I was kind of like, okay, you know, whatever, and then I I kind of even lost interest for just just a little bit, and I was like, oh, I'll you know what? I'll give it a little while. I'll get some episodes out. I'll binge it. See what see what I think. You know, instead of waiting, it wasn't one of those things at the very beginning where I was like, "Yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta see what happens next episode." Right. Um. But then, you know, as as the season went on, I I became pleasantly surprised. Um, I know that they've announced a season two, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm actually kind of thrilled for it because uh, I I am. I became way more invested uh, in these characters than I kind of thought I might be. Yeah, I I can't, I couldn't agree more. I think I had the same mindset. I don't know if I lost interest, but I just, like you said, I wasn't, when an episode would end, 
I wasn't like, oh boy, I can't wait for next week and see what happens in Andor. I kind of had that same feeling with She-Hulk. Like, I, I don't know if it's just the fatigue of Marvel and Star Wars and and also the fact that this was a show I just didn't have much interest in to begin with because it was a character who kind of was like, do I need more of him? Like, right. Of all the characters they could have made an extended show about, like Cassie and Andor, like, I mean, he was a cool character in Rogue One, but like, all right. But as you said, as it goes along, because the fact that it's not just focusing on him, it's not just focusing on uh, on Andor. It's also focusing on Mon Mothma, who is a she's a pretty big character in the Star Wars universe. I mean, mm-hmm. she first showed up back in what episode five. I was wanted it, to say it, maybe it, you or New Hope. Uh, maybe? Dang! Now you're gonna have me racking my brain to find out. I know she's in five. Um, I'm not 100 She's played sure by a different actor because that was in the early 80s, and this actress, I think, probably was only a few years old when that came out. So, um, disagree. I think I think it's the same person. <laughs> oh shit! Let's look it up. Let's no, 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 not, no. It's definitely not. <laughs> but uh, you get to see her. You know, of course, this is post or pre. Uh, Re- I mean, the rebel alliance and all that stuff is still is going on but it's like the early stages because this is kind of the beginning of the empire in a way so you're you're seeing because so you know you're seeing her life before she becomes this big rebel um, leader like you see in episode five which i'm just gonna guess that's where she first showed up I, she might have been in in new hope but all you star wars fans can just yell at me but uh she so uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, she comes back to play her. She did play her in uh, Rogue One. She also played her in, she did the voice of her in Rebels. And she was in a, I guess she was, a, there was a deleted scene from episode three that she was in as well. But of course, you know, they cut that out because because she she's a senator ultimately in the show. That's what she was before she became the, the big rebel leader. And, um... I, I thought seeing her life and kind of how it all ties in with like everyone ties in together in some way, even if she never has anything to do with Andor, she does have a relationship with um, another character who also has a relationship with Andor and it all kind of, you know, tangles together. You see, it's just, you see in this show some truly evil things where it's not like the har har evil stuff that you see in a lot of the other star Wars media where it's like just the goofiest evil shit going on. And we'll talk about them when we, we talk about rogue one uh, later on. But uh, I've really felt like some of these empire uh, soldiers or commanders or whatever the hell they were, they were, you kind of were like, oh, maybe they're trying to expose the Empire, but then they turn, and then they kind of like flip on a dime, and you're like, oh no, they're some truly evil people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, was it, is it Deidre? That's the, the Imperial Security Supervisor. Yeah. Who is just, she's taking down her own people, she's, she's doing some She's in it to win it. Oh, absolutely. But, um, it's it's good to see all these different sides. There are some parts of this show that kind of are like, did we really need this? 
but also we got people who, you know, characters that I actually came to like that were in those sequences where I was like, okay, I guess I don't really mind as much. And we'll get to that when we get to the spoilers. But overall, I thought this was a uh, very good writing. I think it just felt so different compared to all the other Star Wars stuff that we've gotten in the past. It's it. This is a drama. This isn't a action packed, you know, storyline where you're always getting some sort of battle or, you know, shootout or whatever. What you do, don't get me wrong, but you're not getting it the whole time. You're getting those like deep storylines between characters. There's literally scenes of just a conversation that goes on for 10 minutes between two characters. But like the things that they're talking about are crucial to not just the Andor story, but to the story of Star Wars itself and what we've already seen in this universe. And I know a lot of people are saying this is probably the most boring Star Wars that they've ever seen. And I can agree to some point that like this, yes, you, you really have to be into this type of storytelling to enjoy this show. Because if you're, if you're, you know, coming off of the Mandalorian series or you're coming off of book of Boba Fett, which, you know, people are of course torn on that one, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I feel like this is very far removed from all those things. There's no force in this. There's no Jedi's. There's no, you know, you never see the emperor. You never see, you know, Darth Vader or anything. It's all kind of, people you would have never expected to see people we've never seen before. And I appreciated that because that's what I think star Wars needed to kind of, you know, be a little bit more fresh because we're just seeing the same shit. There's no Skywalker. There's no Skywalker. Thank God. I love you, Mark Hamill, but I'm, I'm done with the, with the Skywalker saga. Yikes. We all saw, we all saw freaking, uh, you know, let's talk about rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, this just felt fresh. And I enjoyed it. Was I super excited every week? No. Did I enjoy what I watched? Yes. Was I like super, like, am I super excited for season two? Not really. I'm going to watch it and I think it's going to be a good time because of course this will be, there's only going to be two seasons. Season two will literally lead up to the events of Rogue One. And then of course, you know, if you've seen Rogue One, you know what happens to that character and then it's over. But I just feel this is a very fresh take on the on the star wars universe and i appreciated it so let's talk episodes here so there was 12 of them episode so the the very first episode is casa and this one it literally shows where cassian came from cassian andor he was on a or it shows him like, of course, so this this show takes place five years before the Battle of Yavin, which is the battle at the end of Rogue One. Uh, it shows pretty much uh, what Andor is all about. We're going into spoilers, everybody. So if you haven't seen this show, please go watch it. Come back. If you don't care, then it's all on you. So the way that the show starts is like Cassian is going to find his sister. He goes to like a brothel to try to find her. He runs into like a couple like sick. Uh, they're like officers, right? Like security officers. And he ends up killing them both. And, or he kills one of them. And then. Oh, no. Does he kill both of them? He kills one of them by accident and then kills the other ones so that there's nobody to. Right. You know, tell to say who it was. 
even though they end up finding out who it is. Uh, he goes to his home planet, I guess, which is Ferrix. Uh, and he, you find his uh, adopted mother, uh, Marva. She's like this big time rebel leader of this planet. She's like a big deal. And she, you find out like she found him on this other planet, which I don't remember the name of at this moment. I don't either. It was it was pretty forgettable. I it was not a part of the story that I felt like was super integral to, to Cassian. I mean, I I like the fact that they were like, hey, this is where he came from. Yeah. You know, basically, you learn that he's just he was basically just like he lived in like this group of children that lived in the woods and were very primitive. And it's just I I, I kind of like watched it and they scattered it out across a couple episodes and I was like. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I I get it, I get it, but why couldn't we have basically had like all of that in like a short sh- section of like the first episode? I mean, if you're gonna do that, I mean, it took what did it take like three or four episodes for us to finally get to the point where she actually grabs him and takes him back to Pharynx? Yeah, because you see all these like flashbacks of, you know, I think it's his sister is a is it his sister or maybe there's like you know they have this like. They're pretty much like the Lost Boys, yeah. From Peter Pan, they all like live in the woods, and they, you know, they uh, raid rebel or they raid Empire ships and stuff. And he gets left behind, or like there was a big attack, and he ends up like trying to hide, and he runs into Marva and some other guy. And she ends up taking him back to Ferrix. I'm, you know what? Screw going through every episode. Let's just talk about like what were some of the like, what were some of the things that you didn't like about this show? And of course, you can you can now go into spoilers. Uh, I'm gonna start off sticking on the the topic of the backstory um a little bit. Uh, when they did the flashbacks, there was like no like warning that you were going into a flashback. Mm-mm. Like you, like if you weren't paying attention, you'd be going along and being like, "Whoa, what the heck happened here? Where did the kid come from?" Right. Because there was no, there was no like, you know, like twenty years ago, you know, or anything like that. I mean, there was none of that. It was just like one second we're looking at adult Cassian, and then I mean, with like no absolute like lead into it, it was just like boom. Hey, here's here's Cassian, like twenty twenty or so years ago. You know, let's just. Let's run this. And like I said, it was just so stretched out. I, I sat there and whenever I found myself kind of towards the end uh, when they were doing them in like the third or fourth episode, I was like, I was like, is this going to be like a whole season thing that we're going to get? Just constantly I, getting the flashbacks throughout the whole thing. I, I mean, I would have been like, okay with some of it. Like if it progressed a little faster, like if they were going to show like things from like the time that like she picked him up on this planet to like up to like when we met him in the show, you know, yeah. uh, that, that could have been something, you know, that show how he became molded and how he grew up on Ferrix and stuff like that. And it's just legitimately, you spend four episodes of like random flashbacks of him. Like walking through the woods and then, uh, finding this crash ship, and then getting on the crash ship, and then finding out that not everybody's dead, and then, um, 
yeah. then eventually running it, running in, you know, the, and then they take him home, and I'm just like, <laughs> cool. I, I'm I'm like, man, that could have been like a like a five ten minute, you know, like just straight flashback, you know, at some point we could have been done with that, right? Um, because like all all of these episodes were you know like forty five minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the time you count, you know, get rid of the credits and everything like that. Um, they were about 45 minutes long and I'm like, you, you could have had plenty of time to weave a, weave a quick story, you know, in there and still make, uh, plenty of plot progression, you know, down the line. But, um, I did, there was just the first episode, two episodes. It didn't really bother me when they started going into like episode three and four and they were, we were still getting these flashbacks. I'm like, okay, that's, that's enough. I, I got it. I understand it. Um, the other things that I didn't really like too much is once again uh it seems like we threw a lot of coals into the fire and i feel like disney's really good at this um whether it be a marvel tv show or a star wars one um i feel like we had to explain a lot of characters mm-hmm. um in a very short amount of time and i understand that a lot of these characters are going to progress into the second season so you know and it's going to pick up you know like right after this and we're going to continue it. I, I I get that. But again, um, one of the things that bothered me was at the end of the season, we kind of see some things happening and then there's just no answer to them. I mean, there's like, we have no idea where this is going really. No. Um, they, they also introduce you to some characters that I feel like did not get enough screen time. Um, and they weren't even all that important of people, but I'm like, if you're going to introduce them, and you're going to give them a plot point, you need to uh, build at least on that. And one of them was like the whole thing where uh, uh, Mon Mothma is like deep in debt. And the only way to you know settle her debt is she's got to marry off her, her daughter. Yep. And you just kind of see her daughter from like time to time, like, uh, you know, short snippets throughout the throughout these episodes you know yeah, when they're yeah, her and her mom don't have a very good relationship no and you're like sitting there going like okay why? first off why are, yeah. is she so i mean because you no can tell she's very much a, a daddy's girl no explanation I mean, just, this relationship sucks to be honest this is a terribly toxic relationship between her and the husband and the daughter it's it's yeah. literally like they're still married but they have to i mean i feel like the only reason that they're t- still together is because she's a senator and it just would look bad and she might be forced out if, you know, they ended up splitting up. But it's such a toxic relationship, and it's awful. It, it really was, and that's kind of why I'm like, it, it seems like her daughter is going to play such a role in this. But I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I, I really don't care about her daughter. I, I don't. There's nothing that has drawn me in to. Any anything about her daughter other than I mean they do make the point that like in their culture at the age of fifteen is when you know men and women get married in their culture and she's thirteen thirteen fourteen yeah. anyway she's close and then it's just like it's just kind of like I'm like okay yeah I, I I get it but the only story we have about this girl is that you she hates her mom's guts and we don't even know why. What nope. did she do? You don't and get an I'm explanation like, at all. And so that was one thing that kind of ticked me off a little bit because I'm every time she pop up on screen I almost let out an audible groan because I'm just like Ugh. 
<laughs> um, what's she going to complain about now? The uh, the other thing that I had just a little bit, uh, I liked a lot of what they did with uh, Luthen's character, um, but I felt like there was just a lot of parts in there that where they, I don't know, they kind of used him for filler, a a little bit. Um, so he, he just he kind of just repeats the same things a few times. Yeah, it's always and it's it's that. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's just a lot of like things that are just not well explained in this show. And um like like Luthen's whole organization. So he works for Saw Gerrera or he works mm-hmm. with Saw Gerrera who is a well, rep- he seems to be like, is he, like a, is he like a re- like I never understood what Saw Gerrera's the whole point of him was. Is he like just a rebel leader? I like feel like he's kind of like his own sort of I, I don't even know if he's like really truly with the rebels at least at this point. I feel like I feel like he he doesn't want to be with the Empire. Yeah, but I don't know if he really wants to be with the Rebels either. He kind of wants to just be able to do his own thing, because you see a section, you know, where Luthen goes to talk to him, and I mean, he's Saul's like, you know, it's not worth it to me, you yeah. know, and I'm just like, this is not. I mean, we see Saw in Rogue One. And he is a much different character. So I guess there's going to be that's a lot. Um, that lot must have happened in five years. There, there's something that's going to happen in about a five year span. Which I, I get the fact that I, I, I'm. That's one thing that makes me nervous about season two is they have a lot of area, yeah, to to fill, um, and twelve episodes to do it. So, so here's my mindset for this show, uh. Every side character that really has not a lot to do with Cassie and Andor himself is just set up right. for season two. So Guerrera, uh, Luthen, you know, I know Luthen does a little bit in this show. Like he's the one who sets up the attack on Aldari or the raid on Aldari. And, you know, he's kind of the puppet behind kind of everything that's going on. And the Empire is trying to find him. They don't know who he is. Mon Mothma is trying to still do her job, but she also wants to help the rebels. She has to deal with her shitty family, and she's in major... I'm like, holy shit, that never kind of gets resolved. It's kind of, it all ends with her setting her daughter up with some other guy's son, and that's just, it's just more setup. The only person who really has any type of narrative, like a narrative that kind of goes in one direction is Cassian Andor, but also it's it also has fucking turnoffs where he like just stops for a second because it's like in the beginning of the show he's searching for his sister, and then he just he just completely like stops doing it, yeah, to then go do a job with these other people on Eldari to do this raid, which I to be honest I really liked that whole build up. I liked him going mm-hmm. there and meeting up with all these other people and um. And, you know, planning this raid and everybody, and then of course, once it's all done, then kind of the rest, the survivors turn on themselves and, or turn on each other. And then you find out that the, the, the woman who was leading the, that group is related to Mon Mothma. And you're like, whoa, whoa, man. Yeah. And you're like, what, what is happening? And then you have one of the other ones who was with them. It was the, the Indian girl. 
can't remember her name. Was it? Uh, uh, what, was, what was her character? I'm gonna have name? to look it up. Uh, was that Cinta Varada Sethu? I think that was, it was Cint. It was Cinta. She sent to Ferrix to kind of watch over because people know that Cassian's gonna go to Ferrix. Then change directions here. You have this uh, officer named Cyril Karn who works for the Preox Morlana Authority, which he's kind of like in charge of like trade sectors. He finds out, or he's the one who's in charge of figuring out who killed these other Premor Authority officers. Find out it's Cassian Andor. So they try to set up an attack or an ambush of him on Ferrix. That goes horribly wrong. <laughs> he gets like demoted and like completely kicked off to a different department, but he's still so hell bent on catching him. Then he like teams up with the um wow oh god, I, I'm sorry, the all oh, there's so like I said, there's so many characters in this goddamn show. Well, that's just the problem, is I feel like I got introduced to so many characters that I can't even keep them straight, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there were some, don't get me wrong, that as they went along, I was like, okay, this is a character I can follow. I, I, got, I got this. Um, Andy Serkis' character. Yes. Tino. Which, which he, sorry, which to a point, that is one of those parts of this show where I went, this didn't need to be here because it leads to nothing. Yeah, it, it led to nothing. To nothing. But, but and you, you spent the whole time, you got a very valid point. You spend, uh, what is it? Is it three, three episodes? It's two, two or three, two I or three, it's, I episodes, think it's three episodes, three episodes. Um, with with him, and you know, you kind of see it, and you're like, ah, hey, that's Andy Circus. You know, you're like, hey, he's supposed to be somebody else, and you're kind of <laughs> yeah. like, you're kind of like, why did they? Why did they? Out of all of the people they could have gotten, why? Why Andy Circus? You know. So you're yeah, kind of like sitting there in the back of your head going like, you're kind of like, maybe there's a reason why he's in the prison. You know, no, I you know, it, it, here's the thing. They cast him because in his other role in this, in, in the Star Wars sucked. universe. Well, yes, it did. But also he was CG'd. He was a, he was well, a creature. They didn't like, you only knew based on his voice. And that was the only way they were going to be able to bring him back as a completely different character. But yeah, I saw him and I went, hell Yeah. Andy Circus, you can't go wrong with Andy Circus, but that three episodes, you know, arc there led to literally nothing other than the fact that I can't Cass swim. Yeah, which sucks. We never got to see what happened to him. Did he drown? I can't swim. Did he just blow up <laughs> on that thing? Well, I don't understand. But um, the only thing that really came out of that was that Cassian couldn't go back to Ferrix to be with Marva when she died. Which you never find out. What did she die from? Was she sick? She must have been sick the whole time, right? I think she was on a ventilator I think she's and just stuff. Getting old. I yeah. mean, I think they kind of just tell you that you know she's seen some shit in her life, and yeah. that's just kind of it's taken its toll on it. Also, this is the Star Wars universe. Where the fuck are all the different like species of alien? I swear to God, this show was ninety percent just like human characters. It was like. There was not, and I, I mean, seriously, not everybody? one other alien sort of creature in any of the prison episodes. No. Like, none of them. Like, all of those guys 
I, and you see, they show you good, real well, like little shots of like all of the different levels mm-hmm. and everything as they're walking across, you know, from work to their beds. There is not a single other alien in in there, and I agree with you. And uh, Barrix was even very void of uh, other um, other species. Yeah. Um, which is just weird because I at first again saw pharynx and I was like, ah, space sand. This is very <laughs> normal. Um, and that I was like, we're going to do a nice copy and paste of Tatooine and put it right here and put a different name on it. And I was kind of like, we are still very much in humanoid space right now. I mean, there is yeah. nobody else here. I was, I was questioning in every episode, like. I mean, you don't need to like throw it in my face every two seconds about all the, but the, but like when you watch any other Star Wars, there's a lot. It's it's a variety of different species. And, it's like they you know, ran out of costume from, budget. Maybe don't do twelve episodes. <laughs> don't don't do twelve episodes and have to pay a giant giant cast of like really top name people. <laughs> yeah. Like Stellan Skarsgård probably costs the most of anybody here, and and maybe Fiona Shaw. I guess I'd like to know what the top build cast was on this. It, yeah, the show. Like I said earlier, this show did something fresh. It gave us different things that we don't see a lot of in Star Wars. It didn't give us the, you know, it didn't give us lightsabers. It didn't give us the Force. It didn't give us the things that we are used to, and I think that's a lot of people's negatives against the show, but there are just like, just sit like the things that we're talking about. Like those are like, those are some things that I feel make a lot of sense to, to complain about. Cause it's like, why, why do shows have to throw us in 17 different directions? It's fine to have your main plot and then have a couple side plots, but there's like main plot and that main plot also gets branched off into three other things. Two of them don't need to actually be part of the show. Uh, like I said, the, the prison episodes were great, but they were in a completely different show. It, like I felt like I was watching something completely different compared to what I was watching the other nine episodes. The, 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 the raid episodes are awesome. The whole planning behind it, the way it's executed, the just when you see that, like the scene where they're walking up on the hill and you could hear the uh, Tie Fighter in the distance, and that's and of course the Tie Fighter has one of the coolest sounds right. of anything, and you just see it come over the the horizon. You're just like, holy shit! Like that's so good. And the, of course, all the actors in uh, who were involved in that group, really good, and that kind of led to something. Because that's what kind of opened up the Empire's eyes to be like, okay, we need to find this. Was it Axis, which is was kind yeah. of a code name for Luthen, and figure out who he is and stuff. And you know, I thought Bix was a good character, and then she had a stupid ass boyfriend who pissed me off. Yeah. Was like, are you really that much of an idiot? So you like, you think like your girlfriend is cheating on you with her ex boyfriend, so you're just gonna turn him into the Empire? Like that's a stupid thing to do. <laughs> It's a very uh, basic thing to do. Come on, man. And then he ends up getting killed. So it's like, good job, idiot. Tim with two M's. Stupid. Again, a, a character that I feel we were introduced to that ed- ended up going nowhere. 
Yeah. He was just the, he was there just to get and andor on the radar. That that was legitimately all he was. And just as soon as he did, he was dead. Yep. Uh I'm looking this up and it says that Andor had like roughly a budget of like fifteen million to twenty five million per episode. That's pretty decent amount that's, of money. That's a chunk of change, I, I yeah. feel like. Especially when you figure out that there were twelve episodes. I I mean mm-hmm. uh they they're saying like in comparison, like the Mandalorian had a like a hundred and twenty million dollar budget for eight episodes. And then uh Obi Wan Kenobi had a cost of hundred and fifty million. For the season. Was that eight or nine episodes for that? Eight. Eight. Nine. Nine. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. While you're looking that up, let's talk about Diego Luna, Cassian Andor himself. I don't want to be too negative, but does this man ever use any other facial expression? Other than the one <laughs> he, facial expression he does throughout the entire show, he has a very bad wrist resting bitch face. He's always—I mean—he's always just got that really serious. Like I understand the circumstances you're in, and it's it, life is just not fun. So yeah, you're not going to be walking around with a big smile on your face. But but the, but the one facial expression we couldn't get anymore—just either grouchy or more grouchy—and you're like, all right, all right, cool. I like the character. I like his what he does, and I think his actions are really uh, fun to follow. But I'm just sitting there like, damn man, give me something else. Give me something else. I need something else. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it probably makes acting for it pretty easy because you're like your intensity always needs to be here. Yeah, just that. That's it. Just it's always be grumpy delight. and just be. I really intense. liked him. I I did. I liked the character, and I liked the character in Rogue One. So. You know, I just wanted to say that because I thought it was pretty funny. I'm like, damn. Oh, I think, I think you're you're you've got a very valid point. I mean, Cassian is probably uh, now that I now that we got a little bit of a backstory for him, you know, and we we aren't just relying on Rogue One to tell us, you know, about him. Uh, I feel like he he's a really big. I mean, all of a sudden he's like this huge part of uh, of the whole. I guess basically mid episode three into four you know onwards because uh you kind of come to find out he plays more of a part in uh the whole death star thing than you you kind of were led to believe i mean you yeah. you you know that he, he steals the plans but you find out that he without him even knowing he uh that's the thing that pissed me off that Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the uh, end credit scene. No. 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 It didn't. Why is it there? Why is it there when it shows us in Rogue One? It does not need to be there. And it looks like it's in the same stage at the end of this season that it is in Rogue One, which takes place five years later. You're telling me it took five years just to attach the stupid satellite dish to the fucking death or to the, the laser. Whatever, man. I hated the scene, and then you realize, oh, hey, those three episodes in the prison, they did mean something, because those parts were used for the Death Star. Oh, fucking dumb. I was so mad when I saw this end credit scene. I'm like, no, we don't need the Death Star right now. We still have one more season of the show, and then we get to see it in Rogue One. Why? It it did seem <sighs> like a premature reveal, to be honest. It was, um, it was pretty much complete. That's what made I, no I, sense to me. I feel like 
I feel like if they would have done it any different, though, you would have forgotten about the whole where those parts came from. Like you, yeah. you have to. Th- I feel like that's the only justification for those yeah. three those three prison episodes. Like, hey, guys, remember those episodes where you think they're they're pointless? Well, guess what? Those parts are being used for something important. You're like, no, yeah, no. And, and I would have been happier, kind of like you though, if those parts had been used for a piece of the Death Death Star, like in more of a pre build I, I mean like it's like you said they're basically they've basically got the uh the firing array is almost at the exact same uh level that it is in in rogue yeah. one and it's just kind of like huh well i guess i guess you know what you know what they hit a supply chain issue <laughs> yes <laughs> they're going through some shit just like us <laughs> yeah, uh, I, they, I, I they did not issue. i did not like this i thought it was shoehorned and stupid and just one of those hey guys remember this and you're like yes i do I've been watching star wars since i was a kid like stop why i get it, it i feel like they probably did it because it's probably a like a like a hey these are the stakes that yeah. we're building up to i want to remind you that these are the stakes. This is where we're we're going, and if you've watched the movie, you know where this ends up. But I want you to remember that we're we're working towards this, and it, it wasn't necessary at all. But there it was, and um, I could have been much happier. I want to point one thing out, though, mentioning of like little things that I feel like we might have missed. Though, did you notice the lightsaber? No. Did you see the lightsaber? No. Okay, so in episode uh it's either the last episode or the second to last episode. Now I'm going to double check myself. There is a there's a uh there's a quick little bit where Luthen goes to meet Saw Gerrera again. I think it's for some reason I want to say it's the second to last episode. That's the episode where he when he leaves the planet he runs into the Empire ship. Yeah, does the cool thing with the lasers coming out. Does the barrel roll? That was yes. a cool fucking scene, by the way. <laughs> that was neat. But the thing is, is so when he lands, and he goes, you know, before they let him see Saw. Yeah, Saw's little lackey there. You know, he he like pats him down and stuff like that. You Look mean, at you mean what the one alien we see in this mo- in this show, the lizard one. Is it- is it even a alien that pats him down? Oh no! It was I that guy. Dude, that was the guy that they that he kept trying to like blame shit on. He's like, "You're not gonna believe him, right?" The the lizard yeah. guy. Yeah, I don't remember what that was. Uh, but there's like one guy that pats him down before he goes and sees yeah, Saw. Yeah, yeah, I and that. you gotta pay attention to what what Luthen hands him because they kind of they um they kind of look at him weird. And, and they're kind of like, you know, whatever. And he even Luthen's kind of like, he's kind of like, are you just going to stare at it or are we going to keep going? You know, whatever. Or can I have that back? You know, something like that. It's it's not said. It's never mentioned. But if you look at it, I am I'm damn near 100 percent sure it was a, it was a lightsaber hilt that he just had on his person. Huh? I, and I, it's I, like, I remember seeing it because he you see it actually in an earlier episode because he like, do you? Yeah, he's always carrying it around. Wasn't it, it just part of like? Wasn't it part of like a stick? It was like there was like a plastic. Or there was like some other piece that attached to it. 
in an earlier episode, the first time you ever see him, he's walking with like a like a walking stick. And he actually like beats a couple dudes with one. And you're like, that kind of looks like a lightsaber you get at, you know, Disney World. Because it's got like, the, it looks like a hilt with the like plastic piece at the end to be the blade. But uh, yeah, I remember seeing it in that episode, but I didn't kind of think that's what it was. I I feel like it is just that if you look at at it, the design of it and then kind of how like they have like an exchange of words it's like everybody looking at it knows what it is because then like losing just kind of like we just going to stand here or are we going to get you know get back to So are we saying that Luthen is I think he's stolen you, know, you think he stole it well or maybe stole. he's a or maybe he's a, a Jedi who's hid himself away you know, that's a good question. Uh, there's nothing saying that he isn't. Right. Uh, there's nothing saying... Well, there, there's there's legitimately no story saying that says that he can't be. No. I mean, we have, we have no backstory about Luthen. No. Uh, but it, the way that Luthen's character goes, I feel more like... Because he's kind of like, you know, with his shop and everything, he's just like this purveyor of like you know exotic arts you know and stuff like that he's got all these fancy things you know and i i feel like he came across it at one time and was just like hm, that's neat yeah and just like took it and he's like i'm gonna this is mine now and because luthan's kind of got every means of yeah. of getting out of the i mean we found that out with his ship i mean he took on a straight up star destroyer and was just like nah i'm fine <laughs> Yeah. That was a cool scene. Uh, and I, I got to say, the 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 way they ended the season was kind of like they I think I think it started off really strong. I think some parts were just kind of way too drawn out. Uh, the whole funeral scene took way too long to kind of get itself established. Like, you know, we got to spend a minute watching these uh, these dudes playing the instruments like warm up. And then, you know, you got to see Cassie and going through the like. Can we get to the point here? I don't know what's happening, but we need to get there. But once it got there, they do the whole funeral procession. You know, of course, like the whole thing with the brick, you know, her, was it her ashes are like embedded in the brick and then her brick would go into, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it doesn't look like a lightsaber hilt though. It was more the, the, the ribs on, on it there. And then if you yeah. look at the, the butt of it, it is shaped a lot like uh kind of like Kenobi's thing. And it, like mm -hmm. I said, it was more it was more the fact of how like how they they're looking at it. Yeah. And how he shrugs it off like like hey, don't ask questions, just let me be. Um sorry, you were you were bringing up a very good point. Um I I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god everybody i apologize i'm like so exhausted i just derailed this i'm so sorry i've had two straight days of thanksgiving and i'm just like oh my brain is like melting i just watched like this is no one's fault we're our brains just gotta kick on um oh the whole final episode you know yes once he got to the funeral the, the brick the whole brick thing and then the whole thing kind of blows up and you get this big fight, which was I thought was really well done. You know, you got the whole thing was like, did, is Deidre going to die? 
which we didn't, we haven't really talked much about her of the fact of how she is like trying to sabotage her other coworkers for not allowing her to get information on stuff because it doesn't pertain to her areas. And you get that whole little internal struggle between, you know, people, people there. But you also find out that the guy that she's going up against works for Luthen because they talk about him. Uh, Luthen talks to Saw Guerrera about him. And you're like, all right. And and I was so confused. I, I got to go through. I feel like I got to go through this show again and kind of see if I can pick up some more information on, on certain characters. But I was just kind of lost with that whole thing. Like, well, what, what is what is happening? Because then you get another guy who works with in that department who also works with Luthen because he also talks about the fact that like he wants to get out and Luthen told, tells him he's never getting out from like being right. under him. And you're like, okay, well, this guy sucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. There's just a lot going on and a lot of different little plot points that are like, hey guys, it all comes together. And you're like, does it though? I feel like, I don't know. Idra is one of those characters where like, I feel like we were introduced to her and she does play a point, a, a decent part in the plot, but I feel like she, we, we didn't, we didn't really gain anything from her. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you said, a lot of her storyline is her trying to find a way to just get to the top. You know, she wants, she wants to go up the ladder yeah. and, uh, while her getting to the top of the ladder kind of intersects with Andor and Luthen a little bit, I'm kind of like, I, I felt like what's his name? What's his name? The the other guy, uh, the guy that's obsessed with Andor. I just said his oh, name a little Cyril. bit ago. Yeah, Cyril or whatever his name. He he is a much better bad guy. Because, I think, I think I mean, they could have done more is... with his character, but I feel like they kind of put him to the side because of the fact of like, he, you know, yeah, it's it's fine. He was involved in a failed attempt to get Andor. He got he gets demoted pretty much to like the bottom. His mom is just overly obnoxious. I did not like any of the scenes with his mom. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I didn't like that, but I liked his character and kind of his motives. Like he he's just so hell bent on proving that he wasn't wrong. He just got outplayed pretty much. And um, yes. it doesn't really go anywhere, though, at the end, other than the fact that he saves Deidre from dying in the final episode. But it's cool that he meets up with that um, that other officer who was in that part of that raid in the beginning of the season. And he kind of meets up back up with him. Cause, yeah, because they're all expected. They all know that Andor's coming back. Because right. of, for for her funeral, which he never actually participates in. Or pays attention to because he's always trying to find ways to. I guess he finds out that Bix is locked up. Gotta mm -hmm. go save her. Then he meets up with the guy who, I guess, just worked with Marva. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then you got the awesome Star Wars, always coming up with great bots or great androids. So good. Yeah, Bimo. He's great. Isn't it, he's so like Bimo, sad. It? He's such a sad character, and I feel so bad for him. He's such. A, he's he's a little kid. He just wants to be. A, he like the fact like Marva when Marva dies, he's like so sad, and like he stutters, like because he's right. got like glitch going on, and and it sounds like he's stuttering. And 
what a great character. And you'll and we'll see him in season two. And then of course, you know, the droid that Cassian's with in Rogue One. We'll talk about him, you know, coming up soon. Uh another great character. But, yeah, uh, what what what's his name? Is it K2SO? Is yes, that K2SO? Yeah. yeah. And that's I, that was one where that when they made you know that protocol droid just kind of like show up. I thought I was, was gonna, like, I thought something was gonna happen. I was like, I thought that I was, was like, gonna yeah. be I was like, yeah, I was like, and then it was nothing. It was, and, and I was like, arrested oh. for nothing. And you're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, I was kind of like, I was like, yeah, all right, cool. The, we're getting the game, the band together, and then all of a sudden, yeah. I realized like. Oh, that was just a nod to the fact that, yeah, it's just like it's like it's one of those things like ah, you thought, and yeah, you we really were just like thought, but... we did, we thought, but so, there was a lot of left turns. <laughs> yeah, overall, it's it's definitely not my favorite Star Wars property. I I definitely I I still have to put Mandalorian season two as my top show based on like story and what they were trying to do with the show. I, I would probably put it. I probably put it a below Obi-Wan. Cause I think I I'd put Mandalorian season two, number one, I probably put Obi-Wan number two. And then I would probably put Andor. I know a lot of people don't like Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I thought that what they did in that show was really fun. And the characters that people didn't like, I actually ended up liking. And of course you got a lot of Darth Vader. And when you put a lot of Darth Vader in a show or in anything, I'm going to be on board regardless of how good it is. Like that's what I've been wanting for my, for my entire life is to see Darth Vader do badass stuff. And I said enough of it in our Obi-Wan Kenobi review, but, uh, Andor, Story-wise and what they're trying to do, setting up to Rogue One, I th- thought was good. The problem is, is I just thought there was too much going on. And there was just some plot lines that didn't get resolved in the way I was hoping. I might have to give the show another watch just to kind of see, see if I can pick other things out that I might have not seen in my first go-around. It was a good time. It definitely wasn't something... It was definitely more than I expected when this show got announced and um, I'm, I, you know, I'm looking forward to season two. It's definitely not something I'm like, I need this now. No, it's fine. Give it a couple years. Let us get it. That established story. Make sure oh, no, you get it good. next year. It says 2024. Is it? I've seen 2023. It might be whatever. It's going to be coming out sooner coming. than later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my thought. What are, what are your let's see? What do we got? What do we have right now? What are, what are your top three Star Wars shows right now? You know, with Andor being in the mix. So I'm actually going to put Andor, and I'm I'm going to get crucified for this. You might not have me back on the show. I'm actually going to put Kenobi up at at number one. Uh, just for the. F- the sheer fact there was a lot of good i felt there was a lot of good fan service in kenobi i i mean i i you got obi-wan kenobi you kind of got a little bit of a storyline you got to see qui-gon jinn again you got the uh the duel between kenobi and vader and you got to see vader and you got a lot of good fighting and i i felt like i felt like even though 
a lot of people say it didn't live up to expectations. It was still very good. Mm-hmm. Second, I'm going to actually put um, I'm going to put Andor there at two. Uh, yeah, in 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 number two, the reason that I I I'm going to bump the Mandalorian down to three is because while the season was absolutely phenomenal and i i felt like it was so much better than the first season um i feel like i don't even know how to describe it and that's the problem i feel like i'm missing something with the mandalorian i i feel i feel like there's we're we're, we're going too far back into regions that we already know because now we're starting to you know, we're we're seeing Luke again and we're, you know, we're getting Ahsoka out of here. And and I feel like it's it's bridging it all all that they want to do with the Mandalorian is is they wanna say, hey, let's introduce all of these so we can do these properties again. Maybe we'll do a Luke Skywalker thing where we can get like an eight episode thing with him between, you know, a new an, or uh episode six and seven. You know, let's right. do something there where he's rebuilding the Jedi Temple. And then, of course, we know that Ahsoka's got something coming down. I feel like the focus is not on the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is a key to get into these doors. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I like. I love the property. I love the Mandalorian. I will watch every damn episode of the Mandalorian and hope for the next one. But story-wise, story-wise, I feel like all the Mandalorian's got going is just for a little while, it was like we got to get Grogu to <laughs> a Jedi, and then yeah. like immediately we just backpedaled on that and was like, "Nah." Yeah, and I'm and like, they're like, then they're like, "Book of Boba Fett," like, "Yeah, let's just uh, ignore that." And you're like, "And no. that's why I actually kicked Book of Boba Fett down even farther is because it it almost became like the Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah, and as much as I loved those episodes, I was there because I wanted to see Boba Fett. Right, doing things you wanted to see badass the Boba season, Fett. and they sideline him in his own show for two episodes, right. and you're like, "Excuse me." They did to me. See, they did. They did to Boba Fett the same thing they're doing with the Mandalorian, which was, which was, hey, we took this property, and it's going to just intertwine, and it's basically going to be a key to get you to be invested in what we got coming down the pipe here a little bit. Yeah. And I wish they would have just like been like, "Hey, if the Mandalorian wanted to show up." in like the final episode for the big fight because he called in a friend. Yeah. Cool. Uh, At least I would the Mandalorian's rather... in every episode of his own damn show. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. And I, I, that's why that is my only fight with the Mandalorian is that I feel like even though he's in every episode of his own show, I feel like they're just trying to get him in uh, i mean i feel like they're trying to use him to test the waters for other products yeah um and that's my one gripe about it and hopefully i am hoping i'm hoping that season three comes out here soon and i i hope that i'm i'm happily proved to the point that they're going to focus on the whole story with you know him becoming the mandalorian you know and stuff like that because he wields the dark saber and he gets his title of being a mandalorian back and you you know the whole thing that they're doing with him and i hope that they honestly one of my favorite stories about that whole thing is i hope they do a a good um story with mandalore 
And if they can do all that, I'll be happy. But no, that is why, long story short, why I, I got to put Cassie Nandor in number two because I feel like it was a story that I didn't know I needed. But now I'm like, like I, I kind of want to see where he goes, you know, in the next uh, five years leading up to Rogue One, even though I know he's going to die. Yeah, but, everybody. <laughs> well, we're we're talking spoilers, yeah, yeah, no. but uh, um, even though I know his fate, I I feel I feel like it's one of those which I guess I I gotta say, it's the same feeling as like watching episodes one, two, and three. I know where the characters got to end up. Yeah, but I I'm kind of one of those where it's like this character seems to be a gold mine, and there's other characters that seem to be a gold mine of um potential. I hope they do it. Luthen sure sure as hell is a is a character that I would love to explore more. Um absolutely. Mon Mothma, I feel like you could do something more with hers. She seemed to kind of be more of a disappointment to me in this it's, first season. It's all set up. It's all set up. It's all yeah. set up for what she's going to do in season 2, which is going to then lead her becoming the Mon Mothma we know. And yeah, this is just kind of hey, this is some backstory that we I guess you need about like what she does you know how yeah. things lead to where they lead. All I want to state is that we're talking about live action Star Wars shows. Uh, the best Star Wars like stuff that has come out recently for Star Wars is Tales of the Jedi, which oh is my God, yes. the animated series that they came out with. Uh, it was like a month ago, or maybe a little less than that. A couple um, weeks it's ago, based on like the Clone Wars animation stuff by um, Dave Filoni. And it's so goddamn good. It's it's so I been I mean the episodes aren't very long. I think they're only what six minute episodes. They're like fifteen minute. Are I they think like or so. Long? Okay, so yeah. they're not they're not very long. There's only six episodes, but they tell you stories that are just so good, so intriguing. Like you know the Ahsoka, the the rise of Ahsoka, and we finally get to see a Yaddle. Is it Yaddle? Yeah, Yaddle. She finally does something. Uh, you get to see um, Dooku before he becomes, you know, part of the dark side. You know, you get to see certain things with him, and you're like, this is so cool. I need more of this. Yeah. And so I if we're going to how... rank all of the, anything that Star Wars has put out in the last few years, this is my number one. It's so fantastic. Oh, easy, because I'll tell you what, I never cared one bit about Count Dooku. Through any, I mean, the Clone Wars TV show, the the movies, nothing. I didn't, I didn't care about him. He was such a write off character to me. And now, after like the three episodes that he had in Tales of the Jedi, I'm like, that dude was onto something. And you almost yeah. feel for him because he basically sees that the Jedi aren't necessarily the answer, and that they're twisted a little bit, you know, yeah. by uh, their what they think is right is yeah. not, and it's not always right. And you, when you finally get to the point where he turns and actually goes like full on to the dark side, you're actually sat there left. Like, man, I can kind of see his point a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I just, all of a sudden, like I watched those three episodes and I was like, Oh my God. I think I just, I actually found a care for like this character that has been around for, when did when did when did 99 attack of the clones come out oh, yeah 2002 yeah i just 20 years 
20, 20 years that <laughs> I didn't ac- actually really care about, which is yeah. sad because I, uh, I absolutely love, um, uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love, I love him as an actor and I just could never get into his. Cause they didn't explain, they didn't tell you much about him unless you read, um, novel, the novels that were written about him, you know, right. the stuff like that. If you were that deep into the lore, he wasn't never explained very well in the prequels, but no, I, I totally get it. Like the Jedi kind of suck, man. When you watch the prequels and you watch a lot of the clone Wars stuff and, just the way a lot of these Jedi act it's like, yeah, the Jedi order kind of sucks. And I'd understand how people would be like, yeah, fuck this. We need to try to figure some other way to do things. Cause this isn't working. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's but, just, it, it was just a really good. Yes. Very well done. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's about it. I don't think we, I don't want to dive too, too deep into this, but I, you know, overall, I think it's a show that needs to be watched. If you are a Star Wars fan, I know it is slow and it can be boring at times, but I think it is well worth the watch uh, to get some sort of background on some characters that do play a big role in later properties. Um, And uh, of course, the reason we're doing Andor, because I actually wasn't planning on doing a review for the show because I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't really want to at first, but... I decided why not? Because this Friday, Shoning is going to be back with us talking about the movie that leads that this show leads up to. And that's 2016's Rogue One a Star Wars story, which will be the newest episode of the podcast where me, Angela, and Shoning will sit down and talk about that movie. Dan is gonna t- is taking the week off because he's leaving. He's going on a journey somewhere. And uh, we wish him well for the week, and we're gonna miss him very much. But it's gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. This is gonna be like old times. Uh, I'll be your Dan. <laughs> but yeah, this will be our first foray jumping into the Star Wars universe. That's not a television show. This will be the first Star Wars movie we talk about. So it's pretty fun. We'll, we'll rank it. We'll put it on a. Well, I'll write it down on a list. See where it ranks, and then once we cover other Star Wars movies, we'll see where it lands. But spoiler alert, everybody! This is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I love this movie so much and I can't wait to talk about it. So uh, there you go. Hope you all had a wonderful time and go check out Andor on Disney plus. And um, yeah, make sure to check out all of our other episodes. We like Shoning was with us to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Halo TV series. Uh, one show good one show. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, lots of sand. Yeah. Lots of, sand oh my god base of sand everybody and if i ever hear the word magical again i'll lose my goddamn mind (laughs) (laughs) oh god but yeah make sure to go back and uh, check out our last podcast episode where Allie and tammy of the quad pro co podcast sat down with us to talk about the 2019 horror comedy ready or not and then this week we're talking about rogue one it's gonna be a good time and then we're gonna be venturing to christmas movies yeah but until next time everybody i am brett parker that is andrew shoning and this has been another episode of slice of tv we'll catch y'all again next time bye Bye, everyone